Do we open up a bank account? I mean, there's a lot of ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's a slow letting out of that responsibility toward the child to start managing that on their own. Mm -hmm. Because if parents are managing it, the kids don't care. Then mm-hmm. they go, oh, you got it. I don't worry about it, yeah. right? And it, it goes to the saying that I say all the time to my kids, and I put this through my head in any topic, which is the quality of their life depends on the decisions they make, mm-hmm. not me. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Dr. Douglas Peak, and I am here with Kim Cross. Hello, Kim. Hello. Great to be here. She is our parenting coach extraordinaire, and this is the Lost Art of Parenting podcast. We are here to educate, entertain, and encourage you as a parent to let you know that there's somebody on your side, because what you're doing is probably the most important thing for civilization. Oh my goodness. Thank you for saying that. Yes. I've always said if we would be better parents, we could solve 80% of the world's problems. Oh boy, that is so true. And one of the biggest problems that the world has that revolves around is money. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Money causes so many problems for so many people. So what's our topic today? Our topic is about allowance. Oh, okay. And this is a direct approach to teach kids about money, not just what it can do, but how to manage it, how to steward it. And this is a really important theme in the Bible. I mean, it mentions it over 2000 different times Mm -hmm. in many different ways. And what's interesting is that often many of the problems that people have begins with poor money management skills. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And it's something that I think, I mean, I don't know about you, Doug, but I wasn't taught that when growing yeah. up. Our parents yeah. didn't talk to us about it. Yeah, it wasn't taught about it. And that's why an allowance is so important because it is the, begins the discussion. It begins the training on how to make good money management decisions. And, and that's what this is all about. Yes. And kids need to experience it. This mm-hmm. is not something you can tell them and then they get it. They need to learn you know, firsthand. Yeah. There's gotta, it's gotta be, it's a, a real, I call it a experiential and tactile learning experience. Absolutely. And they've got to see a direct correlation between how they manage money and what impact it has in their life. And allowance, I think it begins that discussion, you know, it begins that learning process. And so allowance and your your philosophy of allowance as a parent, what you want to do in teaching your kids good financial management is really important. So think about allowance. Think about how important it is in what you as a parent are going to do and when do you start. So if we're going to do allowance, what are some big questions we should be asking so that we can get in the right frame of mind? Well, the first question is, do we need to give allowance? So I always tell people there's several schools of thought on this, but Mm -hmm. I say yes, because we, if we're going to learn through experience, <laughs> we can't manage money if we don't have money to manage. Right? Yes. And okay. so if we're, whether they're going to have one or not, I think is important because it's, you know, it's an issue of it's got to be in their hand. They've got to learn the power of it. Like it, cause it can mm-hmm. purchase stuff, you know, it can buy you things you want, but that's also it's uh, downfall. It can buy you things you want <laughs> <laughs> money. It can be power. I always yes. tell parents, be careful 
if your kids have keys to a car and money, they have a lot of power they have and freedom. A lot of power, a lot of power Be and freedom. Careful. Be careful. Yes. So, so the issue then is that we should probably, if we're going to parent our kids well and we want to raise them into good adults, is that we need to give them an allowance. So, what do we do? Do we start when they're like six months old, nine months old? <laughs> when do we start giving allowance? So I like to give it as early as possible, but it depends on the maturity of the child because if you give a three or four or five-year-old even money and then you say, well, that's going to cost you money, you know, you shouldn't buy that or whatever the scenario is, they'll be like, okay, it has no value. It has no uh, yeah, meaning, yeah. right? Because they, they can't think, you know, more than so many minutes right in front of them. That's yeah. right. And when, some, does ab, when does abstract, When in, in your experience, when does the, that abstract cognitive abilities really start to develop within a child? It starts to kick in around age seven. Kids understand the finality of death at seven and they okay. typically, not always, understand that there is no hope the kids aren't listening, Santa Claus or Tooth Fairy, right? So um, seven or eight, depending on the maturity of the child and their interest in money. Mm -hmm. I've met kids at six, seven years old. They're all about it. And I've met kids that are 10 or 12. They could care less. So it depends on the kid. So when do we start then knowing that? When do you kind of want to start uh, doing an allowance and, and, you know, all those other logistical issues that surround it. I typically tell parents kindergarten, first, second grade, somewhere in there, because they're going to learn about money in school Mm -hmm. in those, some of those years, depending on the school. But anyways, I, earlier is better. Earlier is better. So probably six or seven, you know, and, and that means you're going to be in kindergarten, maybe first Um, grade. Yeah. I'd say seven or eight is is the prime spot. Okay. Seven or eight. All right. And so now they're really young and if they're in kindergarten or first grade, so how much would you want to kind of like consider in the issue of allowance? Yeah. So there's a ton of theories on this Mm -hmm. and I, I read all through them, I studied them all, and then I chose a particular path for my kids. And and it's too long to get into today, but basically um, it's not how much you give them that's so important. It's that you are giving them the opportunity and what you're teaching about money. Because money isn't just spending. Mm -hmm. It's for saving, it's for giving, it's for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, So how much we give them isn't the point, but I do have a very specific structure and theory as to how you navigate this so kids never have too much money because money is power Mm -hmm. but it's not not enough so that they don't learn so there's a sweet spot there and and i talk to my clients depending on their finances Mm -hmm. how much they can afford how much they want to give their kids what they're going to spend that money on or not it gets complicated but there is a definite sweet spot there yeah and i think that's one of the important things about rethink parenting your website and also the fact that you meet with clients you're available with clients and so you know it's easy to just set up an appointment and talk with you for a little bit it's very inexpensive but you can say wow i'm getting you know personalized attention here based on our situation and what it does is it has to take into account all of these different factors. And if you don't take them into account, then you usually end up missing the mark a little bit. Absolutely. And so, How many kids do you have? Yeah. What are their ages? What's your budget? What's your end goal? There's a mm. lot of things to consider. Yeah. And what kind of house do you live in, you know, and what kind of uh, social life do you have and what kind of planning do you do? And a lot of these things have to be factored into the whole issue of allowance, Mm -hmm. 
their age and maturity. And so there's, you know, one of the great things about going to your website or, or putting a, a, an appointment with you, a scheduling an appointment is that it allows you to take them through these assessment tools it allow you you could you personally assess them you diagnose and then that always comes up in my opinion with a much better action much better decision on what you as a parent end up doing well and i'm on the phone with clients all the time or in person with clients all the time and they inevitably have great questions mm -hmm. those questions help them understand what they're doing and why they're doing it mm -hmm. or why not yeah. right so that exchange of information and questions is is key yeah, and the next question I have, and this is what's really interesting, is that uh, when I went off to college, I you know learned how to write checks. Right, that was a big thing. Check does writing. everybody out there know what a check is? Yeah, does anybody know what a check <laughs> is? And so that was that was a big deal. And what's really interesting is I don't think my two oldest kids, who are in their late twenties now, they never wrote a check. They had debit cards you know, kind of a thing. And so, uh, my, it's really interesting. My youngest son now who's 16, he, I don't even know if he uses his debit card, you know, he uses his phone right. for everything. And, and he will Venmo cash app or Zelle Apple or pay or <laughs> Zelle or whatever. And I'm just like, where is all this money? What, what is cash app and Zelle? It's just crazy out there. So what, what, it, what kind of uh, is the mechanism, do you think? Like how often and for maybe what purpose or, mm -hmm. I mean, how does that work? So how often depends on their ages. So mm -hmm. we, we'd have to talk about that. Um, knowing what allowance is for, meaning to learn to manage money is to learn how to save it, spend it, give it. Okay. Th those are kind of the main categories. So in my family, we told our kids and we set up, we actually set up a, a, um, a literal meeting at the bank for them to go in and meet the banker and make it a real official kind of grown-ups experience. Mm -hmm. Opened up a savings account, and we had a specific amount that they had to save, but they were saving for a specific purpose. If okay. you just create, tell your kids, save money, there's no meaning there. Okay. So we said you're saving for your future car. There mm -hmm. is no car ferry at our house. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's a lot of schools of thought as to do you match that? amount that they save or are they going to pay for it the whole thing there's a lot of theories out there and again we'd have to have that conversation but my kids were saving for a car so funny story so you know my kids my mm -hmm. son is older daughter's younger so they would get birthday checks christmas checks and they had their little allowance okay and we told them this is how much you need to spend or uh, sorry how much you need to save, save and you can save more if you wish so Independently, I pulled them each aside because it wasn't a public matter. Your money is private, right? Mm -hmm. So I asked my daughter, how much have you saved? And I asked my son the same thing. And I saw an immediate problem. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband So you had I, a saver and a spender, huh? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, you did. So, that is so true. Uh, oh, my goodness. So my husband and I decided, let's take him to a used car lot. Okay. Let's let them see what their money would buy. Okay. Oh, that's a good idea. So we brought we brought them down to the used car lot, and one of my children asked the other, I'll keep them anonymous, Okay. 
said, well, how much do you have? And the one sibling said, I have $4,000. And the other child went, (gasps) (laughs) and realized that this other child had only saved $350. Oh, a long way away. So the beauty of it was they saw how much cars cost, how much they needed to keep saving till they were 16, but it motivated a little bit of peer pressure there, mm-hmm. one of them to do more saving without mm. the parents having to get involved at all. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was well, highly effective. <laughs> highly effective. And that's, that's good. And I'll tell you what, that, you know, parenting is such an important role. And yet, oftentimes, we don't really think about these creative ways to pass on really important values. And so this is why if you're a parent, it's important to listen to this podcast, to read books, to keep your skills fresh, to go to the website, rethink parenting, listen, you know, look, watch at different resources that are there. Some are free, some you can uh, subscribe for. There's all different kinds of things that you can do, but you really want to have a great experience as a parent raising your kids in every single area of your life. And then when your kids get older, those experiences are the things they remember. And then they talk about it, family get togethers and they laugh and you just have, it's great because you can be really good friends with your adult children. Correct. And so, but if you don't put any energy or effort into learning how to make good experiences as a parent, then if, if you try to relegate parenting to the back shelf where you do it quickly and efficiently or on the fly or on the fly, really what you end up, in my opinion, as a parent is you reduce parenting to its lowest common denominator and that's power. It's like, here are the rules you comply. Yeah, there's no relationship there. There's no relationship there and that's not good. So I just encourage you to Uh, investigate, enjoy your parenting, because in the end, it's the thing that brings you a lot of times the most joy for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And to your point that you made that you didn't realize you made was you talk about a lot of resources out there. I work with a lot of clients who have gone elsewhere to very well-known or professional quote help mm-hmm. and it's gotten worse. Yeah. So be careful who you go to because mm-hmm. there's a lot out there that doesn't mean it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. And that is, is that it's better to go to a place that's time tested. And that's what I like about, about, uh, your, uh, practice is that you've been doing this for a very, very long time. You not only have, uh, examples of what has happened in your own life and how well your own kids have turned out, but there's tons and tons of people that, you know, will, will give, will refer people to you that will go, wow, this stuff really, really works. Mm-hmm. So, but in regards to allowance, you know, what, what should we actually, uh, use it for? If it's kind of to teach them stuff, what are some of the general things that we hope they're going to learn other than just like, like, uh, like for instance, management, you know, I'm sure it teaches them management, but if you just give it to them and there's no context or goal or structure, then there's no need to manage it. Right. And then the, the second question of that is who manages it? Okay. Is it the parents or the kids, right? Or mm-hmm. is it a combination and depending on their age? So do we go to the piggy bank old fashioned 
style of management when they're mm -hmm. little? Do we go to the separate envelopes of save, spend, give, right? Do we open up a bank account? I mean, there's a lot of ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's a slow letting out of that responsibility toward the child to start managing that on their own. Mm -hmm. Because if parents are managing it, the kids don't care. Then mm -hmm. they go, oh, you got it. I don't worry about it, yeah. right? And it, it goes to the saying that I say all the time to my kids, and I put this through my head in any topic, which is the quality of their life depends on the decisions they make, mm -hmm. not me, mm -hmm. not you, not the teachers. It's a personal decision, a personal experience, and they, they have to go through systems that work for them and then learn hard lessons. That's yeah. how we learn, yeah. by making mistakes. Mm -hmm. And my kids made plenty of mistakes. So mm -hmm. did I. But we want them to make mistakes when they're young and not when they're older. Because mm -hmm. the price tag is, young, is really low when you're young. If you spend your whole wad of allowance, you know, for the whole month and you blow it and you have nothing left, okay, you're going to survive because you've got parents who are feeding yeah. you and a roof yeah. over your head and your, your clothes, et cetera. But if you're an adult that send, spends your whole paycheck. Yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how many people are in debt and have gotten into situations where it's a very serious situation? Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's really interesting because this has to do with competency, I think, and self-esteem. And that is, is that the self-esteem and movement uh, is really interesting in America. And that is, is that psychologists said, well, kids who have high self-esteem tend to perform so much higher and better. And then people who are not clinicians, people who are not experts took that, you know, journalists and, and uh, quite frankly, a lot of educators in the authors, public school system yeah. and authors. So they just said, oh, look, it's a panacea for all of our problems, high self-esteem. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell kids, oh, you're awesome. You're incredible. You're the greatest thing. Here's your trophy with the, so it started off, I guess with a sense that uh, in a good way, the intent was good, but just like everything else, like an allowance, you can start off with a great intent, but if you don't understand the purpose and point of an allowance, it does work. It does more damage. And the self-esteem movement has done more damage to kids than has ever helped them because self-esteem is not something that you can make happen in a kid by telling them they're great. Right. Self-esteem can only come when they discover their own competency about managing their own life, mm -hmm. that they have a sense of confidence that they're competent and that way they don't feel like a victim being manipulated and they have no control over their life. That's where self-esteem comes from. And the self-esteem movement in the United States has gutted that whole notion of competency. It has destroyed all these kids. And we have to get away from all of that silliness and get back to the lost art of parenting, which helped kids learn competency and learned the character development that gave them high self-esteem. Absolutely. And allowance and chores are tied to that because a lot of the questions I get are, well, do I pay my kids for chores? Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. I don't get paid to vacuum and dust and grocery shop and do all the things that I do. Yes. Right? And neither should your kids because that leads to entitlement. Yeah. So chores are one thing. And we've, we did a podcast on that. Allowance is another. It's a separate issue. And one of the questions I also get is, how, how long do you pay them? At what age do you quit? Mm -hmm. And I will tell you one specific thing here. I didn't give my kids allowance past around seventh grade. Okay. Because why? I want them to not have enough money. 
That's yeah. a good thing. That's a good That's thing. That's motivation. Mm-hmm. And then they go, well, I need more money for to buy the things that I want. Great. Let's talk about the, your options. Yeah. And what they can, can you do? What can you do? Are you yeah. babysitting, raking leaves, mowing lawns, cleaning up dog poop? Are you pet sitting, house sitting? And then eventually it's a, it's a part-time job, right? Yeah. And I just want to say, That's for great. the record, I just want to say that for the record, babysitting is a racket. <laughs> very expensive it's extremely i mean people who babysit rake in mega bucks i mean it's unbelievable you could fund your college education off of two years of babysitting it is ridiculous and it's crazy because you'll have friends i mean i remember when our kids were going you'd have friends and stuff and they go yeah we're trying to find a babysitter you know for such and such a night what uh who do you use and you're like yeah uh, we can't afford it uh, well you just say i'm not telling you i'm not telling you my babysitter's name why because you're gonna call them you're going to use them and then I don't have a babysitter. That's so, right. I mean, it's so funny. Even your best friends, I'm not telling you who my babysitter is. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I just thought I'll decide that's a really excellent point. They shouldn't have enough money to do what they want. They need to figure out, you know, back to the chore thing I thought is really, really funny is that, uh, my sons, you know, uh, have to mow the lawn. My oldest son mowed the lawn until he moved out and went to college. And then my youngest son has to mow the lawn. And it's so funny because he's like, oh, my friends get paid for mowing the lawn. And why do I have to mow the lawn? And I said, that's the cost of being a part of this family. That's right. It's how we do it. That's how we do it, man. <laughs> and so I was like, when are you going to mow my lawn? And I, I don't know if this is good parenting technique, but I'll share with everybody that what I tend to do is be a little facetious about it. I go, my lawn isn't looking so good. <laughs> When's my line going to look good? It's a, okay, dad, I'll mow it. But it's really interesting because a couple of times he's mowed it, you know, they go out and do these chores and we've talked about chores. You can go back and listen to that podcast, but uh, sometimes he'll do a really poor job. So I make him go do it again. Oh yeah, that's good. I used to say to my kids, is, is what you're doing in pl- future employer worthy? Yeah. And they kind of, you know, they look at you like, what? It, yeah. it may pass for your inspection, but it may not pass for mine or a future employer. Or, and, you know, Doug, talking about not paying kids for chores, because we're trying to teach them work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. So allowance is separate. Don't don't tie allowance to chores, but mm-hmm. also don't tie money to grades. Okay. Please, parents, don't do that. Okay. Kids should be earning grades and doing things around the house because that's part of life and that's work ethic and we have to learn how to do those things. Mm -hmm. But we take away the intrinsic value of feeling that sense of confidence and competence for Mm self-esteem when we attach money to it. Yeah. You just, you short circuit it right there. You short circuit it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we we never did that either. We never tied money to grades. And I think it's because, you know, 15 years ago, we talked to you about what to do and you said straight. But what happened (laughs) is one thing that we do Uh, and have done is at the semester when their grades come out, you know, we go out to dinner and celebrate their grades. That's great. You can celebrate all you want. Just don't give them money. That's right. We don't do that. We go out and celebrate. So, and I think that was really good to have a little celebration and and stuff like that. So let's talk about the goal, some of the overarching goals uh, so that people are like, yeah, we want to do that. And then they can go to rethinkparenting.com. Um, or they can uh, call you and chat with you about it. So what's some of the end goals here? Well, again, it's not the amount you're giving your kids so much as the lessons you're teaching them. So Mm -hmm. we made it very clear to our kids that money had a purpose and it was powerful, but it can also have pitfalls. So overspending your money, 
borrowing money from other people or lending money to other people that you don't ever see again are some really big concerns and you have to have conversations about that. Mm -hmm. Knowing that your children can have money, but again, not too much because that can create a lot of problems. So, you know, invest in a one hour session so that you can get every specific detail figured out mm -hmm. so that you invest in your in your kids future and i will tell you this has paid off we can kind of wrap this up with with um some information about my kids and it's not to say they're perfect believe me they're not and they've made a lot of mistakes but i have kids in their early 20s who both are homeowners mm -hmm. they both started an investment retirement account at age 18 and one even has an investment property that's huge mm -hmm. for young kids to yeah. start on the path of, of wise money management mm -hmm. so that their money doesn't manage them and they still have a good perspective of what money's for um and that was learned that mm -hmm. was learned over time it was learned by making mistakes it was learned by paying price tags at a young age that were small so mm -hmm. that they wouldn't repeat them later. Cause then later that's a big deal. Yeah. Big deal. Big, big deal. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So you're, what we really want to do is we want to encourage you to make sure that you think about your parenting strategy and you don't have to think about it a lot. It doesn't have to be this big laborious thing. You don't need to check out 42 books from the library or do a Nexus search on the entire, you know, body of literature in regards to just make get, just make a phone call. Yeah, just make a phone call. Check it out. Just <laughs> put together a simple plan. Have a simple conversation. Conversation because this is about investing, uh, not only in your child's future uh, aspect of being a citizen and growing up, but you're also investing in your future relationship together. Absolutely, and you're investing in not having your kids live with you in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s for the yeah. rest of your life. And constantly <laughs> pestering you to upgrade the internet. <laughs> so uh, that's good. So, or, so finally, one of the things, uh, if somebody wants to go to your website, what are some of the things that they can kind of get off of the website right now that they might find help? They'll find other topics that I teach um, and coach on. So there's a whole myriad of things, whether it's technology or parenting styles or setting enforcing limits or sibling rivalry, whatever it is. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk next time about parenting styles and that the impact of that. Okay. What is your style and know exactly what kind of kid and result you're going to get depending on your style. So we're going to mm -hmm. unpack those, those next time. Um, but the website will give you my, my phone number, my email address, some history about me, um, testimonials they can read, and then options for classes or independent coaching, and then again, specific topics. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, everybody, we just thank you today for joining us for this edition of The Lost Art of Parenting, and we hope that you found it uh, enjoyable, encouraging, inspiring, and a tad bit funny. <laughs> we, we try, don't we? We try, <laughs> we try. Thank so, you, everybody. All right. Good day. Bye-bye. Thank you.